it's um wow what are what are the waves jeff i can't wait to remember them so we know i don't know uh, finding houses right free market wow the, it's weird that every time, every strategy includes finding pre-market houses. Is that weird? No, it's not weird. It's just what your life is. So get, what's wrong? Aren't you guys always zoomed out, aren't you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to zoom in. Are we live? We can get it. Yeah. Nobody's in here. Yeah. Do you have to let everybody in? Yeah. Hey, Mo. Oh, okay, never mind. You're good. Good enough. Just to make sure we get kicked off. Yeah, kicked off correctly. They're like, oh, yeah. See right here in the middle. Oh, sure. See how you can't see either of them. Well, it, it, listen a minute, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. She was. I was talking conversion strategy. She was talking about getting home, your winning offer. Window. Yeah, like they're there. Okay. An offer. Gotcha. Well, ああ、ええ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、
I don't, I don't, I, I don't disagree. I think that the internet is not going to change that there are buyer markets and seller markets. I think that we, because of the internet, I don't think that that means that we will never see more homes on the market than buyers want. I don't, I disagree with that. Great. I love when you disagree. Yeah. All I was stating is that I think there's, we're, I think the internet is, has systematically changed that. Cause what allowed before is, is people didn't think that pe their word had gotten out about their house. Yeah, so it would take 90 days to get the, mm -hmm. so that all the buyers could actually see that that house was for sale. Whereas now it takes 90 seconds. I'm not talking about when we're in a, uh, bear market and the economy's bad that there's going to be a spike up i'm just talking about the normal market is going to be a lower inventory market got it because you you talked about from 1980 to 2000 that there was five percent appreciation on average in, yeah, that, in those two sure. decades mm -hmm. and there was roughly three to five months of inventory in that time as well right mm -hmm. and so now you're saying that from 2010 to 2030 that we're expecting on average, one to two months of inventory. Yeah, high. It's going to be one to three. One to three months of inventory. Yeah, right. It's like, going to be the new norm. The new normal. Yeah, I don't believe that. Um, that because now everybody can see everything when when it's for sale. I mean, anyone want to voice an opinion that in this conversation? I mean, we should. Yeah. Ask. What do you guys think? In our public Zoom room. This is where we find out who who wants to use their unmute button. <laughs> is that sean smiling it's hard for me to read the names that far away yeah sean i see you smiling sean yeah there you go i don't have an answer but i'm smiling <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been an agent i've been an agent for gosh probably 10 years now but i've mostly done i've been in the rental market okay until, yeah are you in arizona i am Great. Can we can we just just we got a rental guy? Yeah. So rentals are just as crazy as the supply market. It's why I believe we're I think we're in the super cycle is because I mean the stat I look at, but I don't do too many rentals. Is that rental prices are about thirty five percent in the last four years? Is that what you see? Absolutely. At at least yeah. They, it's been jumping for longer than that, really. And when I first came into the market, you know, you could you could get pretty much anything for around nine ninety nine, you know, or or less. And then as the years went on, it just it's gotten you know higher and higher and higher. People that are calling me now asking for a fifteen hundred dollar home of any sort, I'm just getting off the phone with. Them. They're not really there. You know, it's just, wow. Yeah. No truth. Yeah. I think we're um, well. There's just not enough supply of homes in Phoenix. That's why we're having this conversation. Whether it be home ownership or rental, I mean, the reality is, is the the baby boomer generation is going to be known as the squatters. <laughs> <laughs> They're staying in their They're house. They're staying in their house. Yeah. And the thing is, is what sucks though is low supply makes them what stay longer because it's it, no because they can't. Find a house. But what keeps people from moving is they can't find a house to move to because the if, you know, especially if we're picking on the baby boomers, which I am, is that they're just not known for rushing out and making quick decisions. So it's kind of not in their favor because you have to rush out and make a quick decision, or you don't win. That's what our strategies are. Because we're going to get to the actual strategies are going to be is. So do you want to get to that? Or? Well, I think that with every, oops, sorry guys, I dropped my marker back. I think that with every conversation about supply, it's not just one side of the coin that determines whether that makes it a um, crazy market or not, right? Because with the low supply, is there also low demand? There's not low demand, no. Mm -mm. Actually, so then what are the steps Low right supply now? actually increases demand because mm. I don't know that that's true. Low okay, the last demand. two. All right, just the oh, only if demand two, stays constant. The only two. If ten. demand stays constant, then low supply technically would increase the demand, the, the months of inventory. No, there's a natural effect to the just. It's just like when you're going to get breakfast, all right, and you walk in the store at Perk Eatery on the corner of Greenway and yep, 64th Street, and they got 
McMuffins, not egg, maybe egg McMuffins yeah, or sausage. McMuffins. Yeah, perfect McMuffins, yeah. right? When you walk in there and then someone walks in and takes one and someone walks in and takes one, it causes you to, to one go one to a yes. Yeah, there's like, only one left. Yeah, and, and actually what, one, like, what our strategy is built around is the idea that there's nothing more powerful than home selling quickly to motivate buyers motivate buyers yeah they and don't have time to wait to think about whether they want to make an offer or not if you like the house you make an offer and guess what happens when when people see supply low what does that do to their opinion when supply is low they think that there's well, prices are going to rise so uh, it creates demand yes. oh, all right, right. All right. so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy i mean the thing was is because it's what happened in to, when you look at the turn where I'm basing my strategy off is I fortunately have been a realtor for 17 years. And when I got into the market, it was the end of 2002 and I bought a house and it was on the market for 93 days and nobody wanted it. And it was a good house. It was, I mean, the way I'm defining it is because from 2003 to 2006, when I sold it, I made $300,000. And most people think if you buy a house for three hundred thousand, you make three hundred thousand. Was that a good house? That's that's like a good house, house, right? So that's my definition. Or right? a good investment. A good well, but I'm just going to go with a good house. So like yeah. I, whenever we think and talk about that house, that's it made us money three hundred thousand, yes. no matter what went wrong with the house. But the, the point was, is it? It's like EXP stock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, shameless plug. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> but the um well we haven't sold it yet so keep your mouth shut. oh yeah there you yes. go all right good deal but the reality is is that because heading into 2003 we were in a tough market it's when i decided to leave my job go out in the marketplace and the market was still a little rough right because i didn't sell i sold one house in five months find out where we're sending what's that oh, oh nothing nothing from the end of 2003 right but what happened was is increased demand that year um caused supply to lessen and then the following year you know we had more we had more demand more people wanted to buy because prices started to rise so actually increased demand caused loss supply which led to more demand so and now um now that the reality is is because last year our market appreciated seven and a half percent according to the case shiller index and which we were the number one market in the country i don't know if you guys were aware of that but last year or year over year phoenix according to the 20 city uh case shiller index said that we were the hottest market but now our inventory has dropped so now we're in a low supply all right but i to me, I, we're going to see, because now we know prices are going to rise for sure for the next, I don't know, I think three years. Because I don't see when we're going to get more supply. So this is why we got to get to the strategies for these people. Awesome. So conversion strategies for winning in a low inventory environment. Winning is a big word, right? Because there's lots well, of... conversion is a big word. Yeah. So, so I just wrote down kind of the different steps of the process. Okay. And so let's just say that winning and or conversions... Are we talking about converting people to become leads where we get them from not communicating with us to communicate with us? Are we talking about taking leads and turning like a lead, a, a cold lead where you have a phone number to getting that person to pick up the phone so that, that now you can have a conversation. We then have taking conversations to appointments. We've got taking appointments to contracts from contracts to getting it accepted, which I think is one of the hottest topics right now. And then we have from accepted, so getting it from being accepted. If you're ever looking for someone to expand your topic, this is your man right here. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that the linear guy? What you mean by winning? They're trying to make it easier. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. So, so we're making it easier for the audience right now. Which one actually, do you want to talk about? actually, thank you for laying that out because that is the point. Is I think that we need to focus more on the strategy of. Because to me, there's too many leads right now. Yeah, but I'm a marketer, and a marketer at heart still wants to create more opportunities. Yeah, because no, but now, it, to me, leads leads to less, con more leads leads to less conversion, not more conversion. 
in my in my opinion. Mm. I've already disagreed with you twice, so we'll no, just leave that one unspoken. No, no, no. <laughs> what it is is that because my number one number, no, because my number one conversion strategy in a low market. Are you ready? Oh, oh. what is what? Chase a lead harder. Right. Actually, yeah. So with that said, yeah, the ch uh, chase great leads harder right so that is what is hard because when you have because our natural is find another lead what we learned from 2018 to 2020 is that people were playing the it's why internet lead conversion gotten got to one percent is because people started getting tired of chasing leads that didn't happen so they were just I'll go to the next one. 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 And that we learned is that converting leads is like dating, right? If you go out with, if you meet a hundred women for coffee and you don't make it special, if you just show up, you, you, you get out there, right? You're not making it special that you're not going to get lots of second <laughs> dates. No, I'm not kidding. This is a lead I know you're like you that I'm trying to get people to, to understand that um, when you have one person that you know wants to buy a house, you working harder for that person is a winning conversion is, is, strategy. Is the number one conversion strategy. And so what does working harder for that person well, look like? Well, working harder, first of all, is because we're talking to agents, is the is um, first meeting with them, getting them um, warmed up, meaning meeting them at the appointment, then learning if they're able to buy and making sure that they are an a buyer then game on right once right. you know they're an a buyer right they can afford it they're not just wasting your time you go you then go on a house hunting mission yeah you, to me you got you got you it, it's um flowers it's movies no it's those are painting. all things i mean in real estate okay it oh, is, oh, oh, it's sorry. it's Looking for canceled and expired? Or yeah, you talking it, about door it, knocking. What are you talking about? Yes, no, all of the above. All, well, I want to stick to first just the the lead attributes, and then we'll talk about the chase attributes. Okay, is that the? Let's see. I I heard this yesterday. Um, and then uh, Cammy, if you would mute your mic, or Adam, if you could mute hers. I'm sorry. Here, that's okay. You're good. So the, the conversion is mostly, to me, I think the mental part of it is that we're waiting for people to be more um, open and share, like we're expecting them to say different things. Like, I, will you help me buy a house? Yes. And they never say that. They're not saying that, right? Because now, the why we're so challenged in the current environment is the buyers have all of the supply so there because now with mls 8.0 everything's in mls so now conceivably everything is going to be on the internet yeah but the mls isn't public so the coming soon's aren't public coming soon okay are still there was 293 homes i'm not talking about those 293 i'm talking about everything else no but it, the, to me that having the conversations with leads this week and talking about properties that are in coming soon phase with a client who has a realtor who doesn't know about these properties that are coming soon, just because it's there doesn't mean everybody knows about it. Well, that's our conversion strategy. We, that we, is a conversion that strategy. That is yeah, one of right, them. Right. But first I was just trying to get to first the realtor has to, that's watching it. That's new. That's out there that, um, the homes are going to, the, the, the buyers are going to, it's like, I always want to go back to the fish in the stream is that they're, they're, they're swimming. They're going like, they're, out looking and that if you're asking questions, you're not jumping into the fray, right? Like if you want to take down a bull, you can't like, you know, uh, what's the bull run called? Is there a name? Running of the bulls. Running of the bulls, yeah. right? Like you got to jump in cause you're not alive until you're running with the bulls. Like you can't, you're <laughs> sorry. That's the way I think of it. But, yeah. but to me, when, when we're helping agents that are coming on our team for conversion strategy, they're like still waiting for people to call them back. And that is just a strategy that is going to lead you to no sales, right? Like well, okay. They're waiting for people to call them back. You're right. But also they're not getting in the car and going out to find them houses in a more aggressive way. 
Correct. Like what conversions in a winning strategy is to be out of your chair more and in your car driving yeah. around and looking at coming soon, looking at for sale by owner.com, looking for any expireds or canceled. You're, you're talking about looking for dumpsters in neighborhoods or contractors in neighborhoods that are like the pre signs of them even coming to market. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the strategy that worked for Well, I mean, it's also trying remember to remember the one that you won, you won Michael, I won't go last name, but, um, oh. and, um, I can't even say her name cause it would give it away. Right. Let's call her Stanford. Okay. <laughs> Michael and Stanford. And, uh, you were, you went out to find a house <laughs> for them in a gated community uh -huh. and you pull up to a house and you see a lockbox on the gate and you go and you open the lockbox and you walk in the house and you're like, Oh crap, I'm in the wrong house because the neighbors was listed. Right. And so then when you, I don't think you were telling the story, right. But I do I'm know exactly not. what you're talking about. But yeah. you stumbled because you were out working, you stumbled upon a house that hadn't been technically listed yet. And yeah. you got Michael and Stanford in their offer and they bought the house. Yes. Yes. Because you were out working. Correct. No, it's uh, amazing what you trip on by what, while working, right? Like to me, I think we, we sometimes get caught up sitting in our chair and so the story happened is I had an internet lead and it was during a time, it was 13. It was 2012, 2013, a time of low supply, very similar to what we have now because homes were selling very quickly. And um, I went out to look for a house that was listed and I walked in the, like I, w I went up to the door cause I was on my cell phone, right? Like where that's what we do as agents. I pulled up to the house, I pull up to the house and the, uh, I parked between the houses and I went to the one to the left instead of the one to the right. But when I got there, there was a, a MLS lockbox on the door. Yeah. So being on the phone, I didn't even think about it. I walked in the house and I was like, this house is freaking awesome. I called my client and then that's when I realized I was in. I was, but uh, thankfully the house was vacant. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They bought it. It and was free. It was pre-banco. Pre oh, okay. So it was, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, that is the, the number one, I guess I already said number one strategy, but the number two thing is finding off market supply. Right. So how do we, and you, you gave the, the best example of it so far right now, I think that people are underusing the off-market supply called coming soon. Why, why do we think that that is off-market supply? Just because the buyers don't know about it yet, right? Realtors know about it, but that doesn't mean that the buyers don't know about it. And we need to make sure that we're bringing all possible options to our clients. I mean, so I you're saying when a home is listed and it's on coming soon, it's not syndicated, it's not on Zillow, it's not on It's just realtor-to-realtor -realtor -realtor conversation in the MLS. In our local MLS, we're talking about Arizona Regional MLS for those that might be from out of area. Right, so, and, and it's funny because Phil's trying to ruin this by talking to our CRM provider because he wants to be able to send, send those leads. Those I'm not, there's no joke. <laughs> I, I have no joke, got a text message while we're doing this podcast from the CEO of Armless saying, hello, Phil, quick update on display. I'm coming soon. <laughs> nice. And he's talking about what I'm talking about is how do we put those that coming soon data inside of the systems that we use to communicate with our clients? Not make it public. Those are two different things. I'm talking about. How is that not making it public? Because you have to. Oh, slow it down. Re-explain re what you're trying to do. This is complex. Incoming soon in MLS. Me as a real estate agent, I can go in and I can search coming soon in MLS. I mean, is everybody out there using coming soon now? Lisa, Dave, are you guys using coming soon? I love coming soon. So when you get a new listing, you're listing it on coming soon? Oh, absolutely. And that's where, you know what, the, the secret is, is that that's, that's the work part of your business, right? I hustle on coming soon because if I can get a buyer, right, before. There's, there's less traffic. Right. I mean, no, I love coming soon. In fact, I even use Zillow coming soon before Armless. Remember before Armless even did the coming soon? I oh, you remember very well. You mean I, like three weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually wrote a, I wrote a strategy to utilize the coming soon because it was so powerful that. But it's different now. The Zillow coming soon was way more consumer focused than realtor to realtor focused. 
Now the ARM list coming soon or the ARMLS coming soon is realtor to realtor coming soon. And so if you, well, and it syndicates to everything. So that's what's so great. No, I, I definitely use that. I think it's great. Is that Nina? Nina? Nina. That's me. Nina, it does not. In MLS, the coming soon status syndicates to nothing. No place in MLS goes outside of MLS when it's a coming soon status. You, the realtor, that are incoming soon in the MLS can email that listing to your client from the MLS. But that's the only way that a client can get that listing is if you go in and you specifically send it to them. Yeah. And what? See, I haven't used come. Well, I haven't used it. The coming soon that I've used was, like I said, through Zillow. But I haven't done it um, now. Yeah, it's oh, so right? it's it changed. That, that was is different. MLS 8.0. But that's my conversation with with ARMLS is. I use, we use Sync, we use Commission Sync, which is a CRM portal where we can send active listings to our clients. I would like to be able to send coming soon listings from Sync to our clients as well. But because the data isn't sent out of MLS yet, I can't do that. So MLS is forcing me to go back inside of MLS. So now I have somebody that is subscribed to my property updates where I have email, active email communication back and forth inside of my CRM but now I have to go to MLS and I have to establish active email back and forth from the MLS system as well, because that data doesn't come over to my CRM. And that's the conversation oh, that I'm having. Well, and you know what, don't get me started on the MLS because they are like from the Little House on the Prairie ages. I, I mean, I, mean <laughs> I play nice to the I love that she's bringing it up though. <laughs> keep going, keep going, go on. Yeah, go. <laughs> I mean, really? Right? Can we not syndicate to everywhere in the world that we have a coming soon listing? It's not. No, no, it's, it, yeah, we, it's, we, we want that. We, you know, they have made. But it's coming soon. It's not active. So they don't syndicate it to the world. But that was a, those are. But how are you going to get it? You wanted to syndicate to the whole world. Just go active. So you're saying that you, but you want to get it pushed to us so that we can push it to our CRM so we can push it to our clients? I'm saying that is syndication, is it not? No, syndication is how it gets displayed publicly to the world. VOW or virtual office website or back office systems. Back office systems use data that's not necessarily public for the world to see. Let's include this status as in our back office system. Obviously, it would require Sync or Chime or whoever, Boomtown, whatever system you use, KB Core, to update so that they could consume that data feed and uh, while abiding by the rules of armless. But it's look it's just uh it's well and you know what i can give a perfect example on that so i have a listing that's coming up in july it was purchased it's going to be completely rehabbed i want to start marketing that listing right now right so um coming soon. I, can't, I can't make it active because it's it's still you know I mean, in that's, the, it's, this, is, this is a great conversation yeah. so the, hold on bedroom bathrooms price and zip code please <laughs> no but but so i know are, did, are you entering that in the coming soon in MLS? Well, no, I ha I haven't yet. Because if you're going to market that, just so you know, just because I want you not to get fined. Is there a sign in front of it? No. But if you're going to tell anybody about it outside of your office, then you, it needs to be in coming soon according to armless rules. Did you know that? No, but I can, I'm definitely, after this is over, I'm going to go research that. Well, I'm you know, I've been warned enough times, because I've done 14. 14 times. The fines haven't started yet, yes. so if you're going to do it, now's the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I did see that. The fines wouldn't start till July, wasn't it? Yeah, well, so you're, you're in the clear now. You're, you're in the clear, yeah. Right. Time, I'll, I'll cost you I, can, I can play dumb for now. Um, until you get, you're going to get warned. Yes. Just let you know because there's a lot of. Um, and this is a public. Do they call it tattletales? No, what do we call that? Deputized. Deputized. All the agents are deputized. All the agents are deputized. So, yeah. That's this so is funny. The, but yeah, I mean. I love the conversation. I love, well, because what is your coming soon? Your strategy for conversion is trying to sell the house before it gets to MLS, right? My my ideal strategy would be that I find the buyer and I rock six percent. <laughs> well, I don't talk commissions. Yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to know any conversation about what in theory commissions you use. That's not. <laughs> we don't talk. 
Right. I mean, what you what you meant to say is, is I want to net my seller the most amount of money is what she was doing. Right. Yeah. Right. In the short amount of, the, yeah, in the least amount of time. Less yes. hassle. Less hassle less, is what we're after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simplicity. Right. So, um, yeah, coming soon listings. There's also actually still oh, about 25% is what the number that I've seen. 25% of the coming soon's in Armless um, is the number on Zillow because some agents still use Zillow. So if you're, if there's 250 in the MLS, then there's probably, I don't know, 50 on Zillow. Just as another source to find more inventory. But so what we're saying then is the coming soon houses are actually a great resource for conversion yes. of your buyers because it's not getting syndicated out. You then have something that they don't know about. Right. You as the agent, you can say, hey, I just found a house that's going to be coming to the market here shortly. I don't represent the seller, but I can show it to you. Do you want to meet at 11211 North Tatum Boulevard at 3 o'clock tomorrow? Because they can't out? go out. It's not on Zillow yet. They can't go out on the web and find it anywhere. Sure. Yeah, it's got four bedrooms. It's got three baths, full single level. It's going to be listed for 500000 I'll see you there. Awesome. Good deal. And now it's a deal that it's a house. You are now providing value because you're bringing them options that they can't find on their own. I mean, to me, the, 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 the piece that we haven't talked about so far is what Shannon Gillette piped in about. And that's her comment was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, that moves down to getting contracts accepted. Right. Because have you, have you, has anybody had any multiple offer situations out there where their buyers lost to a multiple, to a different offer? Can, can we, uh, Sorry, Adam, you said that there was a comment in the chat. I want to make sure that- Yeah, Dave said that very few agents seem to be searching for coming soons. Interesting. Because we- Why do you say that, Dave? His showings must be low. Let's see, Dave, you can unmute if you want to join in, otherwise the chat works. Adam is here today. You caught me with, uh, you caught me with something in my mouth. Granola oh. in my mouth. All right, so we're going to talk about it. So I agree with Dave. I- You can hear me? What I'm talking about is I think that coming soon is severely underused in today's marketplace. That's what I've seen so far. I've not seen the adoption that I thought I would see. I guess I thought because um, our job is to market houses when we're representing a seller and that if you're not entering it in coming soon, and that tells me that you're not trying to get the word out because like we put them in the coming soon right away because we want to begin to market them everywhere else right because once you put it in the mls then that uh, gives you permission to market put it on social to put it aside yeah. to so do everything else about driving traffic. right because we're trying to drive traffic because we're trying to you know do what nina was talking about yeah, but some, i think uh, but you're i think that a lot of agents when they go to a listing appointment we have lost to this to this agent that says it'll be active on the mls tomorrow yeah, I well, agents it, don't always use that ramp up period. Well, because the thing is, is yeah, no, we're that that's exactly what we're seeing, is that there's more of that thought than I, well, I mean, I, I knew it because of reading the listing points. I heard people saying it, although I don't think that that's the best strategy for the seller. Is the listed by tomorrow? Listed by tomorrow is. Uh, there's usually things in the house that need to be updated. There's very things. few houses that I walked in out of the 17,000, let's say, let's say a third of them were sellers. Most of them were buyers, maybe 20% of them were seller of the houses that when I walked in, they were list ready. Right. For, I mean, for them to get top dollar. So I don't, I, I struggle with that. I mean, we, we want to, I thought we were, I think two of your hundred, how, how many listing appointments did you have last year? Last year, it was only, I think it was 78. 78. I can remember two houses where you were like, this thing is ready. Get it going. Right? I mean, Adam is sitting in for Mauricio. He's, he is now our studio audience. Also, though, our listings manager. Rare, right? Are we able to get a house on the market right. in, a, in a fast turnaround? Yeah. It's usually at least one to two weeks. It's it, a week to get it up and ready so that, it, so that the seller is going to get top dollar for right. the house. But with that said, we push to see it sooner. And we uh, and we tell people and we tell people we don't we want to come in earlier to help you advise. Where I think that other people are like get it ready and then I'll come over and list it. Oh right, is right, right. is probably you we know, want to go before they get it ready. 
Yeah, well, it's just the the goal is to save people as much time and money to only put time and money in the things that make a difference. Um, but also that there's usually something in the house that I can add. Like there's very few, my ego is pretty big. Let's just be honest. There's just something when I went to every single house, there's something that I can do to help them get more money that they couldn't watch something else or couldn't talk to other people and figure out. So it's it. called, I, I call that USP. Um, All right. I think so, that, I'm sorry. Thank you, Dave, for the comment. And, and did you, if you're done eating, we'd still like to hear why you think it's under agents are underusing coming soon. He left. He's like, I'm out. I'm He's like, you're going to call they, me. They, 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 they're talking back. I'm going to go. Um, that's okay. Fear of Zoom is real. Fear of Zoom, F-O-M. Um, all right. So back to the original question, which I, saw, I thought I saw another chat comment when we asked if anybody has had a buyer lose in a multiple offer situation. Yeah. Elsa said, I have. Yeah, Elsa, are you? I, I don't think that you're the only one that has. We have. We've had plenty of losses. Exactly. We've had plenty of I, I mean, know we have. I'm just saying that I think there's other people. But on we there. would be remiss not to talk about strategies to um, get your offer accepted. Yes. I mean, the first thing is, to me, it's making sure that you're working day zero, right? Like, the, the reality is, is, I don't know. Is it still? It's even coming soon. Is it still? Is it? Well, if it's not coming soon, because agents don't use it. Agents aren't using coming soon, right? Obviously, because you would think then. Because I mean, how many houses are listed in a month? Six thousand, right? Like to me, yesterday. Can we run stats to see how many of Like yesterday was there was probably. The highest I saw four three or four hundred houses listed. I mean, coming soon is what people think of when. It's the not it's okay, so day zero. Day zero, right? So um day zero is for those that may be new to the business and listening, day zero is the period of time is the expiration of the day you're in when it's li listed. The day the house goes live. Right. The so if somebody listed at nine AM from nine AM until midnight that day is what is known as day zero. And that is a because in a low inventory in a low inventory market, Mark, the best houses sell. Why day zero. they actually sell pre-market? Because the thing is, is best houses. What happens is the first one in buys it with the customer that we had that was so pissed off at me because I sold it to the first person that walked in the door for full price for thirty thousand more than I thought it was going to sell for, and I clearly undersold it. And I was like, no, you don't understand. The market's low inventory as long as it's educated buyers offer. As, as long higher. as long as it's appraisable, it, you know, and, I, and that was the high, and I let him pick the price, and he still told me that I did a bad job, and I we let him choose, and he he that, picked that one stings. That one's bit. I'm pissed. I know that one stings a little bit. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know why it stings though. It wasn't we did. Okay, so let's just go through a couple of facts on this deal because this is just the reality of being a real estate agent. You have an appointment. He talks about numbers that are lower. And selling is, he gives you reasons why he wants to sell quickly and at what price. We then let him pick, we give him the range, he picks the price. We pre market the house, we market the house, somebody walks in, pays full price, goes under contract. We beat his friend, the realtor, for the listing, correct? That in lies a immediate negative chance that's gonna, like, do you think that there's any chance that that friend says, Man, those guys that you picked over they were me did great. a great job. <laughs> no, no, but it's one of the things that bums you out about our industry is that they're you poo poo on other agents fast if you yeah, lost. You can't have this. You have this like negative feeling. Bad juju. Like, okay, under question, it. Adam. Judy asked, "Does the agent with coming soon say we are not accepting offers until it goes live?" I don't know. Judy, are you in our market? Are you in? A, are you an Arizona regional MLS subscriber? Yes. Yes. So I don't think that that's a rule in our MLS. You can you can accept offers incoming soon. Oh, that one. Did he accept offers? Yes. Oh, yeah. he did. It was pre market. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. We uh, don't we don't restrict. What is what is your question again, Adam? Uh, if agents are restricting offers to come in during coming soon. We don't restrict offers. No. During coming soon. No, actually, our goal was to sell the house during coming soon because it's best for 
the seller as long as the that seller net, said he didn't want anybody to come through his house. Well, he yeah, he said if we had I want one buyer as he said. Yeah. Except they when all we gave one him one, one one buyer and he didn't like it. Well, it gave the other agent friend the friend ammunition to say. I mean the house back to an industrial complex. You could see a power line tower from the like the, right. there was it didn't have a garage. It had a carport. And, all right. Go ahead. She said that. she's heard agents say no offers until the open house is over. Well, that's different. Some agents do that. I've heard we. I've heard even some agents on our team have done that. So I, want, I don't want to say that that's foreign in our world, as especially with a hot property. Yep. Let's get well, the weekend I mean, over, or they don't. They want to wait. I'll respond to all offers by Monday. We see that. I mean, the, the idea of going day zero to me was to try and uh, get your offer in before it gets other offers. That's why in a low conversion market, the sooner that you can be out. What I mean is, is your conversion strategy now is. I mean. The reality is, is that buyers are working harder than most agents and that they're driving around and that you need to be finding posts in yards is now, right? Like you need to be seeing posts without it. Your goal, I mean, like, you know, if you're working hard enough for a buyer, when you have an A buyer, is that how many posts did you see without a sign on it? Can, yeah. Can't you just bribe a post company to tell you where their routes are? <laughs> Yeah, but they usually have like hashtag pro tip. No, <laughs> hashtag they usually have twenty drivers, and they're like, you, you know, get good, out of here. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, you're annoying me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because you ever try and follow one of those trucks? Nope. <laughs> I tried that before. Oh, yeah. and they're, they're they're going everywhere. The problem is, is that they're it doesn't going, say yeah. how many bedrooms and bathrooms and yeah, yeah. and like after you follow it in, and then they have the gate code oh. and you don't, right? Like. I think that we should, I think that post chaser, you're, you know, not, you're not an ambulance chaser, you're a post chaser, right? That's no, but it just tells you how um, frequently you're driving the neighborhood because if you're driving the because but that's the point is that you're going to have to be, I mean, the goal is to narrow the search. All right. So then others, or increase the search. Yeah. But back to day zero and back to winning at the offer phase is, so you submit an offer on day zero for the house. Uh-huh. Is that, is that, that's a, that's a winning strategy? Well, to me, it is, it can be a winning strategy if you only give a three hour turnaround time. Okay. So then reduce the turnaround, reduce the response time. Yeah. I mean, if it's a season agent, they're going to be like, well then, okay, well now we're going to multiple offers and then we're not accepting until Sunday at five o'clock. But there's a lot of agents that want or sellers that if, as long as the offer is good enough, they'll take it. Okay. So the strategy is, to me, the, the top strategy, in case you're out there watching, the most important one, even though we name some one, some two, some three, is getting your buyer to come in hotter sooner. Because if you can write an offer that's compelling enough to them, then they, the seller can just accept it and move on. Right? So, Meaning so that most strong. people are thinking, you know, I need to write full price. Well, guess what? I, to me, some markets that's not good enough. Well, some I mean, areas, it, it, I mean, enough. don't get me wrong. We won over the weekend. We won one and lost one because we do lose still. It doesn't matter. You, this is not a perfect world scenario. But the last comp, which was nicer, was two sixty five, and we were we, the the house was listed at two eighty five, and we offered two ninety. Right. So, I mean, to me, it's coming in hot. Like to me, the best way to not invite yourself to the party is to, to offer crappy. I mean, I guess if you're as good as Shannon Gillette, you'll do a buyer video. And I, I love that comment. Yeah, Shannon Gillette on Instagram, when we were talking about this session, she said that her buyer videos are working right now. And buyer videos are taking place of buyer letters. Right. right where you have a letter uh, from the heart, from the client on. Well, we had, we had heard, um, when we were talking about uh, the same topic in an EXP meeting, we had heard about taking a picture inside the house is a good conversion strategy. I mean, I mean, the, the whole idea is that sellers are going to have lots of good offers and that sellers are, to me, one of the main conversion strategies I was looking for in multiple offers is trying to offer something that connects the buyer to the seller, where you're both from Ohio, you both were in the service, you both like yellow, 
I don't know, whatever the, whatever you, something that, um, cause sometimes your buyer doesn't have a mom with three kids and 12 dogs. And you know, we, we wanted, this is the only school that my daughter qualifies for because she, she's got special needs, whatever. I mean, like those stories tough to beat. Right. So, um, I was thinking more, I mean, obviously heartstrings is one is Pulling on heartstrings is great. How we pull on heartstrings is evolving with the technologies. But I'm more on the engineer, like linear guy. The the my favorite offer that we ever got is the one that came with a signed Benzer. Yeah, I don't. My I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna um now pick on you. Good. Yeah, I disagree with that because it was just such a bold move. Well, okay, that's that because bold. you got you're the <laughs> son of a broker. You actually understand what that means. But I don't think that people. I don't think that listing agents understand the value of that because honestly it took me a while to really like because it's because it comes in from the side and you're like so like <laughs> like like it's not I mean so what Phil's saying is is that by signing the binger you're foregoing the inspection process because one of the number one strategies that people are using is shortening Right on the on the one we won for one eight, there was three offers. We went to a seven day inspection period, right? Yeah. And then we went to a seven day close, right? So, but with that was the idea that um, you're saying no inspection period. That's what. But I did. We were the listing, right? That came across. That got our clients to accept a lower number because we. Because then there was no I know, but you have to, to negotiate. But to me, that's period. where you gotta look up the, the agent in Flex MLS to see how much experience they have, whether they're gonna value that or explain that right to the seller. Because I don't know that the seller is gonna understand what that means. Understand what right. that means. They signed the Binzer, right? Like that is like a whole like we're it's at that is literally as is yep. in today's world. Yeah. Right? Signing the Binzer foregoes your ability to make to Ask for any repairs. To cancel. But to cancel from inspection items. Right, but not the other four items. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other items. Okay, so we have, because what it is, is the Arizona purchase contract is written in favor of the buyer. And those that are not explaining it to the seller, trust me, we've heard a lot of people complaining about it. I think that that's not understanding that, or the sell, a lot of times sellers don't understand, like, well, Everybody uses the same contract. How could it be in favor of the buyer? It's just what it is. The, because the buyer has outs, the right. seller doesn't. So our contingencies are um, lending, right? HOA, inspection. Is it, uh, I was gonna say septic, but it's, uh, what, am I, what am I missing? Help me out here. Uh, Sorry. Spuds. Spuds. And then appraisal, where are you? Clue. Oh, you said lender. Right. And then if it's got a septic or if it's got an alternative system, but lender, HOA, inspection, what else? Anything else? Front's clue. Oh, 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 title. Damn, there's a lot of bullshit that's in there, huh? But that's it, is the buyer can, can cancel for six, six reasons. HOA, spuds, clue, title. Did I miss one? Anyone out there in the audience, right? So to me, lending. So there's two aspects of lending, right? That you can, because this is the this is the things that you have to discuss with your buyer that you have to start to waive these items, and that starts to give you leverage with the seller because you're saying it's more likely. Because right? Because these are these are alternatives to making your offer stronger without increasing the price. And without sending a video, right? Like, because these are what you, because you're the linear guy and you're like, well, I love these people, very fluffy, you know, puppies, but we want to make sure our deal's stronger. So, with the lending, we have um, qualification and we have appraisal. Oh, I pressed appraisal. Well, yeah. Meaning, I, you can keep my rent money if I don't qualify. And then you can keep my earnest money if I don't appraise, right? So then the other thing would be then if you increase earnest money, it's not on here, but that's something else. Just understanding all of the pieces of making my offer better. I put hard earnest money after inspection period, not just increased earnest money. 
and okay. making your offer better. Okay, good. So that's uh, increased EM, and you're saying hard EM. Okay, good deal. All right, so then what about, so uh, I can't cancel for, and I won't, I'll accept all HOA violations. That's something we don't ever hear, huh? I don't hear that often. Yeah, HOA will, I, I won't cancel. I mean, you can say, I won't cancel if I don't qualify. I won't cancel if it doesn't appraise. I won't cancel, or I can't cancel, I can't cancel, I can't cancel. I guess that's why we just came up with, um, it earns money's hard resolves all of those right yeah so I, I won't cancel over the spuds right i'll shorten the time frame from inspection what is the shortest time frame for inspection that you can get phil i've signed binzer jeff <laughs> done right it's funny but it, that doesn't help me with an appraisal because that's the bigger Agreed, concern but that's right not, now but that's not what you ask okay so what's the shortest inspection time frame i just meant how fast can you get an inspector out to oh, the property got it I mean, I guess three days would be as quick. Depending yeah, I mean, I would, I, you would ask your, you would call your inspector first and say, when can you get over to this house? Yeah, it's funny because when you think of shorter inspections, usually it's seven days or five days or four days, right? Like usually you don't see one day for inspection. Right, agreed. But that, would that make you feel pretty good as a seller? I think it would make me feel great if I, I have a one day inspection period. Yeah. So what about, do you see, instead of waiving the appraisal contingency, do you see, do you ever see language on buyers willing to pay X amount over appraised value in the event that it doesn't appraise? Because that way you're not totally, sure. you're not totally giving it up, but you're still saying that like, if this $300,000 house, or if this house appraises. Yeah, I'll pay up to $10,000 over appraisal. I think right. that that is great. I mean, I think the people having the challenges are the, the one we have at the Golds is, they needed closing cost credit. Yeah. Right? Like those are the challenges. I mean, obviously if your buyer has enough money and they can pay over appraisal, that's going to be an easier client. That's going to be an easier one to win. They can afford to have earnest money go hard in the event that they lose it. That's a risk they're willing to take. Not everybody's willing to take. Right. Risk. It's the people that um, are, you know, they're contingent and they need money. Right. Like yeah. those are the hard to wins. Yeah. To me, the, uh, the strategy is, uh, Convince them to buy an uglier house. Sorry. Convince them to, to move to a different area because I don't believe that area is necessary. Like to me, what, when I first started selling, Arcadia was the hottest market. Okay. Or, I'm sorry. When I, first started, when I first started selling houses, DC Ranch was the hottest neighborhood, meaning it was appreciating the fastest and it was dragging the neighborhoods up. And then from 2011 to 2015, the hottest neighborhood was Arcadia. And then now the hottest is the lower price ranges, right? They're moving up. Like we just looked at the house, I just looked at the house that somebody bought for 85,000 and they were selling it um, six years later for 210. It was Lori's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And we were like, great job. Wise wow. buy. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is is it was fifty eight thousand, and it was selling for two ten. That's a that's a four, that's a good buy. That's a that's a better buy than I had. I had yeah. a one timer, yeah. and that's a four timer. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I'm in an effort to wrap this up. I know it's been an hour. We talked about this being an hour. I want to thank you guys for coming. But hopefully, you got some some strategies. Any questions? From us. Can we give you a question? I'd love to have questions. Yes. I want to know who are the brave souls out there that are willing to push unmute. And if you're not that person, then you can type in the chat if you have any questions. And Sean, kudos to you, man. You stayed on video the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, yeah, rock it, baby. That. Thank you. Hey, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Yes. Hey, uh, Jeff, you were talking about your unique uh, USP is you can get buyers to do something to, to the house to get them a higher price. What is that? No, sellers. Sellers. So what it is, is I call it the science of real estate and a piece that is not really taught anywhere else. I mean, we were on a lab code agent podcast and they talked about the science of real estate and that's not what I'm talking about. So that's a different world of science. What I'm talking about is that um, in the HGTV world that we live in, in the television focused, you know, um, 
Because what HGTV did is it helped people understand what is possible for upgrades in a house. Because in the pre, in the BI world, before internet, before internet, the reason why homes sold closer to the price per square foot is all homes sold about the same value because, because they the public- could not see inside the house, right? But um, now when you look and you see that the house with quartz and the house with wood floors and the house they with, removed that house that put that put marble in, but the you know and the the house that had a pool sold for more money. It's helping your sellers understand that when they want a higher price, that they may have to do things to, um, you know, uh, increase the value. I mean, I was on a listing appointment last night, and they had stainless steel appliances, and they had painted cabinets already in the other house. And the other agents told them that the house was going to save for the same. And I'm like, I can get your house appraised for a lot higher because they already had done that. But it's, it's, um, you know, uh, we've, I've had people add bathrooms. I've had people add, you know, redo their kitchen, paint cabinets. Like it's just things. But the, the, the challenge is, is that the realtor has to know and be able to articulate and guarantee for the seller. And the way you can guarantee is through experience is that you can, the way that I learned it is, you know, I went inside 10,000 houses and I sold, you know, 400 homes before I started even talking to people about understanding this because what it is, is it's just understanding when you're, I mean, I I was having a conversation because we have a house listed and the buyer was using a comp that was 865 and it had painted cabinets and my seller put in brand new cabinets and he just would not could not understand the difference. And I'm like, let's talk about your money. Okay. Do you know how much you would, if you, you know, when, if you want new cabinets, they cost 30, $40,000 to paint them. It's like, how do you not see Like he just would he couldn't accept that. But the reality is, is it, is that in most neighborhoods, that house with the new cabinets will sell for more and it does. So it just, you know, to me, it's really digging in. It's sometimes agents don't, it's why when you, when I list houses and the agent before me thought it was going to sell for more money is they don't understand the, the science of real estate. And that is understanding what the impact of functional obsolescence into the sale. I mean, maybe this is going to turn into a whole podcast, but yeah, we're not, we're not going to chase this one right now because we're, we're at time, but gotcha. thank you. One of the things that, um, Knowing that you don't know is different than not knowing that you don't know. And a lot of times we've had conversations with agents when they've not been able to sell a house and then we've come in and they tell us the five things, elite agents, and they have shared with us the five things that they did to prepare the house to get it to be worth the number that they said. And then when we came in and adjusted the two or three things that we thought would make the house worth more and we were right because we got it sold, it's hard to go back and re-educate that agent, right? Like it just comes, those are pieces that come with experience. You remember the one I'm talking about? I do. Where she was like, we did this and we did this and we did this. We we had an example of a house. It was over an 85259 where the previous agent had recommended three different things. They spent $25,000 on the things that she recommended and the house didn't sell. So then we recommended 20,000 and the guy was so skeptical that he asked me three times to re-explain what exactly what I meant to do. One of the things was I made him cut down the bushes in his backyard because mama, when she's in the kitchen, if she can't see her chitlins in the yard, the yard doesn't matter as much. I'm not kidding. And the guy had grown these bushes for 18 years. He was from Germany. And he was so reluctant to cut down the bushes. He had a hedge trimmer oh, and a, he was and a so, box of Kleenex. Oh, he was so <laughs> upset. He was, he was literally distraught. Yeah. And I'm like, just trust me. Yeah. Right? Like, 
when because because the, the whole I mean he had an acre lot and it was you know it's a big lot and but the bushes were and then there was a steep, and they were gorgeous bushes they were gorgeous bushes <laughs> and there were steep steps and then we I created a walkway around the steps so that people could walk down the yard and not so that yeah. uh, I think of Eddie Murphy right like it was uh what was Eddie Murphy's aunt's name aunt uh anybody Eddie Murphy fan anyway. She, you, if, like she, they had steps that you felt that you were gonna stumble down. So we created a pathway using um, pods, what similar pavers. Yeah, pavers to go around. We cut down the bushes. We added the backsplash. We painted the old uh, freaking desk that was oak. Built in. Right. Removed the hardware. Right. We just did special things, and the house freaking sold. First day, first person to walk through the house full price while she was telling me that the writing was wrong on the write-up and she was bitching me out she's like no you know the, you you wrote you guys wrote the wrong description and you didn't do this and i'm like we just got a full price if, offer if, 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 <laughs> yeah if you can let me interrupt you complaining i got you a full price offer and that was the end she of that. Didn't talk about she didn't talk about anymore. Anymore. yeah all right that's the end of the story for today all <laughs> right thank you guys thank you, thank you. all right happy friday